Welcome to the Bob Harden Show, bringing you news and commentary to keep you informed and enjoying life on the Paradise Coast. And now, here's your host, Bob Harden. Good morning. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning. Johnson's Air Conditioning is Naples' longest established air conditioning company. I hope you'll give them a call. You can go to the website johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. We're going to have a special show today in the fact that I've uh, ordered some new equipment and therefore we're not going to be able to have guests on today's show. So I'm going to cover some of the things that I've had in the back of my mind for a while and uh, we'll go through that. Uh, also uh, get the new equipment in. Hopefully tomorrow we'll be able to go back to our regular programming. It is February the 8th and on this day in 1887 in a well-meaning but ultimately flawed attempt to assimilate Native Americans President Grover Cleveland signed an act to end tribal control of reservations and divide their land into each individual holdings. Named for its chief author, Senator Henry Lawrence Dawes from Massachusetts, the Dawes Severalty Act reversed long-standing American policy of allowing Indian tribes to maintain their traditional practice of communal use and control of their lands. Instead, the Dawes Act gave the president the power to divide Indian reservations into individual, privately owned plots. The act dictated that men with families could receive 160 acres. Single adult men were given acre 80 acres and boys received 40 acres. Women received no land. The most important motivation for the Dawes Act was the Anglo-American hunger for Indian lands. The act provided that after the government had doled out land allotments to Indians, the sizable remainder of the reservation properties would be opened for sale to whites. Consequently, Indian eventually lost 86 million acres of land, or 62% of their total pre-1887 holdings. Still, the Dawes Act was not solely a product of greed. Many religious and humanitarian friends of the Indians supported the act as a necessary step towards fully assimilating the Indians into American culture. Reformers believed that Indians would never bridge the chasm between barbarism and civilization if they maintained their tribal cohesion in traditional ways. J.D.C. Atkins, Commissioner of Indian Affairs, argued that Dawes Act was the first step towards transforming idleness, improvidence, ignorance, and superstition into industry, thrift, intelligence, and Christianity. In reality, the Dawes Severalty Act proved a very effective tool for taking lands for Indians and giving it to Anglos, but the promised benefit to the Indians never materialized, of course. Racism, bureaucratic bungling, and inherent weakness in the laws deprived the Indians of their strength of tribal ownership while severing, limiting the, uh, severely limiting the economic viability of individual ownership. Many tribes were deeply resented and uh, resisted the government heavy-handed uh, attempt to destroy their traditional values. Despite these flaws, the Dawes Severalty Act remained in force for more than four decades. In 1934, the Wheeler-Howard Act repudiated the policy and re attempted to revive the centrality of tribal control and cultural anonymity on the reservations. The Wheeler-Howard Act ended further transfer of Indian lands to Anglos, and provided for a return to voluntary communal Indian ownership, but considerable damage, of course, had already been done. Are you familiar with the concept of BPAs? 
Well, a recent uh, review of recent studies found that the average American is exposed to 5,000 times the level of BPAs that the EU considers safe. BPAs, a.k.a. bisphenol, bisphenol A, it's a chemical used to make hard plastics and coatings for things like water bottles and canned goods, and they're not good for you. Exposure has been linked to cancer, fertility issues, neurological uh, problems, and more. Last month, the FDA received a petition calling on them to set strict limits on its use in plastics that contact food, and now that's uh, 180 days to respond. That'll do it. If you're waiting, not, not waiting for the FDA to take action, there are some options. Look for BPA-free cans. On the bottom of uh, plastic containers, you'll see the level 3 or 7. That could mean it has BPA. And if you're one of the zillions of people who may drink more water in their New Year's resolution, a glass of stainless steel or a stainless steel bottle could be a lot safer than uh, drinking plastic bottles, uh, obviously uh, creating a real problem for us in our health. Well, Democrat governors are joining Republicans in cutting state taxes. The more than $1.5 trillion the feds threw at the states last year has created uh, revenue surpluses in many states. Even for politicians, that were, it was a brain-dead idea. What sense does it make for the feds with a $23 trillion debt to hand out money to the states that are flush with cash? Makes no sense whatsoever. Uh, the, we, the report last week was that conservative states such as Mississippi, West Virginia, and Louisiana are moving towards eliminating their state income tax. Now, deep blue Washington state is debating a Democrat state senator's proposal to cut the sales tax from 6.5 to 5.5 percent. And in Maryland, GOP Governor Larry Hogan is close to getting agreement with his Democrat legislature to gradually eliminate income taxes for retirees so fewer will decamp to Florida and other low-income tax states. In little Illinois, far-left Governor J.D. Pritzker wants a one-year suspension of the sales tax on groceries. California Governor Gavin Newsom wants to delay a scheduled gas tax hike. Tax and fee cuts are on the table in Colorado, New York, and Rhode Island. Democrats are fearful of a Republican wave, so that a better way to appear moderate than to use budget surpluses to cut taxes. Republican lawmakers in these states should press for bigger and more permanent tax cuts. In any case, for now, tax cutting seems to be in vogue. Someone should probably tell President Joe Biden. We dare you, Trudeau, to come and speak to us, to our faces. Wendy, an activist on Parliament Hill, told Breitbart News on Saturday at Ottawa, Ontario, amid the Freedom Convoy demonstration. Wendy came to the support the demonstration in the nation's capital from Petersboro, Ontario, approximately 300 kilometers southwest of Ontario, or Ottawa. Breitbart News invited her to response to Prime Minister, Minister Justin Trudeau's repeated denigration of Canadians opposed to his policies as engaged in racist, misogynistic attacks. When he said, I've been saying it for a bit, almost jokingly, for Trudeau to come and say these things to our face, I hear a couple of truckers say that as well. Trudeau, we want you to come and talk to us. You was that. You're our leader and you need to come and figure it out. You need to tell us and talk to us and uh, you need to address the people that are here to see you. There's so many emotions right now, she added. The thing that Trudeau was saying really fires me up. We're not misogynists. We're not racist. We're not bigots. How dare he say that, she said. This is one of the most peaceful, loving movements I've ever been to in my entire life, she said. 
There's not one person that is motivated by anything other than love. Political denigration of the protesters as bigots amounts to projection, she held. Projection is what's going on with Trudeau and his government, she said, stated. Telling us that we're violent is absolutely ridiculous because all that has to do with is looking around to know that we are actually motivated by love, not fear. And we dare you, Trudeau, to come and speak to us to our faces. You owe us that, she said. We deserve that and let's go because we're not leaving, she concluded. Good for her. So the truckers are there. They've confiscated their fuel uh, that people are trying to truck in or give them in order to uh, keep their vehicles running. So Trudeau's playing a lot of dirty tricks, but he's hiding. He's in hiding right now, which is really, really uh, shameful. He should come out, address these truckers, get some sort of resolution, and let them to be on their way. I'm afraid this isn't going to come to a head until he shows up and addresses the uh, truckers. Hey, and by the way, the farmers and other people are showing up to support them as well. Well, workers are taking home less money than before the pandemic because of soaring inflation, despite employers spending 4% more on wages and benefits this year. Inflation has outpaced those increases, meaning the out, out amount of real wages that workers earn has been trending downward. President Barack Obama's Council on Economic Advisors Chairman Jason Furman wrote about the discrepancy on Twitter after the numbers from the Employment Cost Index were published. He pointed out that while the face value of compensation wages is above trend and continuing to rise rapidly, real compensation and the wages that have been in decline for most of the pandemic, the Personal Consumption Expenditures Index, the Federal Reserve's preferred measure of inflation, was up 5.8% in December, slightly more than the previous month and the fastest pace of inflation since 1982. Berman has raised concerns about inflation in the past. He said he thought President Joe Biden's fiscal stimulus spending back in March was a mistake because of the possibility it would exacerbate higher prices. Representative Kevin Brady of Texas, the top Republican on the Ways and Means Committee, criticized Biden for uh, Friday's report. Just one year, the president's bungled economy has wiped away three years of Americans' wage gains, with inflation growing at the fastest pace since 1982, Brady said. The threat of crippling tax hikes and more runaway spending only worsens our labor shortage, supply chain crisis, and inflation. Friday's numbers come in the same week as the Federal Reserve's meeting in which officials signaled the first of several interest rate hikes designed to tamp down inflation. It's coming soon, which is presumed to be in March. Not good news with the economy. Uh, old Joe's having some real difficulties with his economy, and it's not getting better. This segment of the show is brought to you by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning. Johnson's Air Conditioning is Naples' longest established air conditioning company. They take care of our air conditioning and they do a great job and they'll help you too. Just visit the website and give them a call, johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine, be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. Coming up, we're going to be visiting with Linda Harden. She is my wife and, of course, uh, follows social media and very well informed of what's happening in the country. We're going to do that and more right here in the Bob Harden Show uh, on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network.
I'm Bob Harden, the host of The Bob Harden Show. One of my favorites for breakfast or lunch is Lulabee's Diner, providing great service, fabulous food, and a rockin' good time. Lulabee's Diner is a throwback to the 60s, complete with great music and a fabulous 60s decor. What I like best is a blend of great food, great value, and terrific service. Most of the friendly waitstaff has been part of Lulabee's for years. I enjoy the great choices for breakfast and lunch, and you'll find the menu has everything and anything to satisfy your taste. Lulabee's offers catering, party platters, lunch boxes, and more. Lulabee's Diner will quickly become one of your favorites for breakfast or lunch. No reservations are needed. Check out the website at lulabees.com and stop by Lulabee's Diner, open from 8 a.m. until 2 p.m. seven days a week. Lulabee's Diner in the Green Tree Shopping Center at the corner of Immokalee and Airport Pulling Roads. Stop by Lulabee's Diner for fabulous food and for a forever cool rockin' good time. Collier County Sheriff Kevin Rambos says the number one reason the elderly become victims is isolation. The Golden Gate Senior Center goes a long way in keeping seniors connected into the community and with each other. The Golden Gate Senior Center provides comprehensive information regarding services and resources that affect the quality of life of older adults and their caregivers in Collier County, empowering them to maintain independent and meaningful lives. Here's Tatiana Fortune, director of the Golden Gate Senior Center. We want to be able to connect you to whatever service or activity. And even if the person doesn't want to come out for socialization, if they have a question about, um, hey, where do I go for transportation? Where do I go for uh, a certain health care if they have a need? We are able to point them in that direction through our information and referral service. So we're more than happy to assist in that as well. To find out more, visit CallYourSeniorResources.org. That's CallYourSeniorResources.org or call the Senior Center directly at 239-252-4541. That's 252-4541. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thank you so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Choice Social. Choice Social is a new, refreshing social networking platform. You can download the app and find out more by visiting the website choicesocial.us. Well, Ground Zero for Woke District Attorneys is a left-wing think tank in the heart of the Big Apple. The soft-on-crime approach espoused by Manhattan District Attorney Alvin Bragg and other progressive prosecutors in troubled Democratic cities has been nurtured and advanced by a policy center at John Jay College of Criminal Justice, no less. If you can imagine that. This is so interesting. The the public college in Hell's Kitchen, where many future cops are educated, is home to the Institute for Innovation and Prosecution, which since 2016, with the help of controversial figures such as Chicago prosecutor Kim Fox, Los Angeles DA George Gaston, and San Francisco's Chase Bone has been an instrumental in reshaping how prosecutors across the country view crime and punishment. The Institute's symposiums and issue papers hold forth on topics such as race, officer-involved deaths, and bail reform, all in concerted effort to change the role of the prosecutor to be more proactive and less punitive. No one should be defined by their bad conduct alone, the Institute's vision for the modern prosecutor declaration says about the accused. 
in position papers endorsed in charging accused criminals with fewer serious crimes or keeping them out of jail entirely, and it recommends that offenders not be called as such, but rather something that respects their quote-unquote humanity. The Institute's paper on creating a culture of racial equity suggests that a hotline be created for district attorneys so whistleblowers can turn in internal obstructionists not on board with their boss's woke policies. Another treaties on how prosecutors can support a reimagined police force response bizarrely suggests celebrating times when prosecutors exonerate someone. A John Jay spokesman said, no one benefits from the conviction of an innocent person. Well, that's true. But the papers are posted on the center's website, which also include a living land acknowledgement that New York was the Lenape homeland and that we honor all of the indigenous nations and their land with such great gratitude to acknowledge the genocide and continuous displacement of indigenous peoples. The Institute says in a 2020 primer on prosecutorial culture change that the uh, job of the head prosecutor is, quote, is not to win win cases, impose long sentences, or beat the defense. Instead, it is to promote safety, accountability, healing, trust, and empowerment. If you were elected head prosecutor, which in, the ch- in change would you make on, ch- on day one, the primer reads? It was Bragg's day one, if you may recall this, memo that created a firestorm when he instructed his prosecutors not to seek prison sentences for scores of criminals and to downgrade felony charges in cases including armed robberies and drug dealing. Bragg issued a new memo Friday, reversing two of his most controversial policies by saying that commercial robberies with a knife or firearm, even if not loaded, should be felonies. The Institute's tenants are not unfamiliar with Bragg's staff. Meg Reese, his second-in-command as chief assistant of district attorney, was once the executive director of the think tank. One CUNY professor called the Institute elitist and said it was operates with a smug sense of righteousness and smartness. All of this unravels when you take it into communities, when you deal with victims, the professor said. This kind of rigid ideology does not survive the battlefield of reality in the community. Tom Kenneth, a defense lawyer and Bragg's Republican opponent in last year's Manhattan District Attorney race, said fair treatment was a noble objective but can't be a code word for abandoning the traditional role of the prosecutor, which is to assign consequence to a crime. Winning a case is a good thing. It's an adversarial system, he said, and he's so right about that. Cyrus Vance, Bragg's predecessor, launched the Institute in conjunction with John Jay, which in part is part of the uh, taxpayer-funded City of New York, City University of New York. Vice President Kamala Harris, who was then California District Attorney, or Attorney General, I should say, was on its initial advisory board. Harris said at the time that the Institute would take a smart on-crime approach to develop innovative, data-driven prosecution strategies that would lead to more transparent fair, and effective criminal justice. Vance's office provided $3 million over the next three years to pay for the Institute, the money coming from settlement funds paid by international banks that violated U.S. sanctions. The money ran out in March 2021 and is funded by grants from Arnold Ventures, the Chan Zuckerberg Initiative, Schusterman Family Philanthropies, uh, Philanthropies, and Microsoft Justice Reform Initiative, according to John Jay. Jeremy Travis, a former John Jay president, is an executive at the nonprofit Arnold Ventures. He's also on the Institute's advisory board. Several members of the advisory board have become lightning rods as crimes have skyrocketed in their cities. 
Opponents of Gascon are waging a recall effort at crime in L.A. has soared with smash-and-grab robberies and the murder of UCLA student Brianna Kupfer. Fox's bail reform efforts in Cook County, which includes Chicago, are held up as success stories in the Institute's papers, but homicides in Chicago reached a 27-year high in 2021 with at least 800. Fox also took heat after office initially dropped charges that Empire actor Jesse Smollett faked a hate crime. A jury in December convicted Smollett of staging the attack. Milwaukee DA John Krisham admitted his office mistakenly cut loose the suspect in the November Washiga, Washiga Christmas parade carnage just five days before the massacre that left six dead. Some state lawmakers have called for his ouster. San Francisco DA Budin, who faces a recall election in June over his progressive policies, participated in a 2020 Institute panel discussion on the future of prosecution. Following prosecutorial policy advice from executives whose own policies have failed at public safety risks, undermining justice and stability for our most vulnerable communities, said Hannah Myers, Director of Policy and Public Safety at the Manhattan Institute. Former NYPD Commissioner Brad Bill Bratton said there has been a shift from the criminal justice system to the woke progressive left where there's a strong desire not to punish those who commit crime, but rather to rehabilitate, and so far it's been a significant failure. I've been very outspoken about my concerns on these so-called progressive DAs. Most of the cities now with these violent crimes are ones with types of uh, DAs, Bratton said. Just in my opinion, if the law is on the books, you absolutely administer justice for the laws on the book. You don't change the laws. You administer justice. That's the law of the DA. And it's so unfortunate that we have this happening because it's leading to an escalation of crime coming up all over the United States, especially in progressive cities. All right, coming up, Linda Harden. She's going to be with us. That and more right here in the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Luke Provence Restaurant is a favorite dining destination for many Neapolitans, including Linda and myself. Blue Provence, located in a historic building in the heart of Old Naples at Creighton Cove, offers a mix of French bistro cooking with bold, fresh Floridian flavors. Experience award-winning cuisine at Blue Provence and enjoy one of Florida's most extensive, eclectic, and fun wine cellars. Dining to choice are the popular Eden Bar, the intimate Courtyard Garden, or the beautiful Provencal Caribbean Dining Room. Enjoy a wonderful and memorable evening in a casual and relaxed atmosphere that includes a taste of Provencal hospitality. Blue Provence is open seven days a week, all year round. Visit BlueProvenceNaples.com for reservations, everyday specials, and coming events. That's BlueProvenceNaples.com or call 261-8239. That's 261-8239. Blue Provence French Restaurant in the heart of Old Naples. You have questions about your retirement? Ameriprise Private Wealth Advisor Jason Nardella with Nardella Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, can help. With the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach, you'll work together to develop a retirement roadmap to get you where you want to go. Call Nardella Financial Group today at 239-325-1041. That's 239 239- 
325-1041. Office is located at 9015 Stratistel Court, Suite 103, Naples, Florida. The confident retirement approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Gulf Shore Playhouse, building a 44,000 square foot performing arts center in downtown Naples and also bringing you professional New York style theater at its very best. And you can get tickets now by visiting the website golfshoreplayhouse.org. Well, Arizona State Representative and Trump-endorsed Secretary of State candidate Mark Fincham introduced a resolution to decertify Maricopa County. Now, what does that mean? Well, that's, of course, in Arizona. The Maricopa County full forensic audit found evidence of over 700,000 ballot discrepancies in an irredeemably compromised election. Arizona Attorney General Mark Brnovich is conducting a criminal investigation into massive evidence in multiple Arizona counties. The Gateway Pundit reported that if Mark Fincham had the resolution to reclaim Arizona's fraudulently certified presidential electors in the works, there is no process under current law for the Arizona legislature to decertify an election. Does it mean that the legislature cannot provide a remedy for outcome determinative fraud and illegality in the conduct of the election, exercising powers it has directly from Article 2 of the Federal Constitution for the Supreme Court, stated in McPherson, there is no doubt of the right of the legislature to resume the power to appoint electors at any time for any, for can neither be taken away nor abdicated. In the case of Maricopa, Pima, In Yuma counties, the fact that there is evidence showing illegal acts occurred, whether by intent or omission, does not matter. The margin of error exceeds the margin of victory. If we are a nation governed by the rule of law, as so often has been espoused, the violations of the law must have consequences. In that regard, the 2020 general election is irredeemably compromised, and it is impossible to name a clear winner of the contest. This is really big breaking news. Of course, there's going to be obstruction to the effort to decertify these votes. But nevertheless, uh, if in fact this domino falls, think of the other dominoes that might fall in Pennsylvania, in Wisconsin, in uh, Georgia. This is a big, big deal. So we'll see how this all... I was expecting this to happen a lot sooner than it has. The wheels of justice grind slow, but they grind fine. Hopefully this will get to some sort of an outcome that demonstrates fairness and uh, legality in terms of how we handled our elections in the last uh, 2020 uh, elections. Well, on Monday, a Canadian judge dealt another shocking blow to the trucker convoy, outlawing one of the most effective tactics protesters employed as they gridlocked the capital city of Ottawa. It's honking. The truckers also announced on Monday they will shut down their honking at 8 p.m., On Monday night, Greg Kelly on Newsmax interviewed trucker Gord Voth, who is parked in Ottawa with several hundred freedom truckers. Gord Voth told Kelly the government is sending in a federal negotiator to meet with the truckers on Tuesday morning. 
After a week of smears and lies, the government is finally ready to meet with the uh, working class movement. Uh, then tonight, Justin Trudeau left his bunker to hurl more insults at truckers. This guy is just really a loser. Don't know why he maintains his position. He's a political elite who doesn't want to have anything to do with the people. Trudeau. Hmm. Nevertheless, a uh, federal negotiator coming in. There should be some sort of resolution of this sometime soon in the meeting today. Well, President Joe Biden's national security advisor, Jake Sullivan, predicted on Sunday that Russia could once again invade Ukraine any day now, shortly before Kiev once again clarified the odds of such an occurrence were quite low. The government of uh, Zelensky has expressed frustration and dismay with, with the White House for weeks in response to the apocalyptic predictions that Russian leader Vladimir Putin may invade and annex the entire country of Ukraine. Concerns erupted in an international panic last month after Biden himself claimed he believed Putin would soon invade and his government would not defend its ally Ukraine in the event of a minor incursion. The White House repeatedly cited the upwards of 100,000 Russian troops allegedly amassed on the Russian-Ukrainian border. Zelensky, however, noted the number was not as high as it was a year ago when no governments or international news outlets expressed any particular concern for Ukraine and that the panic, in Zelensky's words, was destroying the Ukrainian government and making an invasion even more likely. Russia most likely invaded Ukraine in 2014, most recently in 2014, illegally occupying the Crimea region and instigating what has become a full war in the eastern Donbass region. Russia openly boasted about colonization of Crimea, but claims it played no role in the Dunbar War, Donbass War, despite extensive evidence that pro-Russia separatists received material arms support from Moscow. Despite this, the Biden administration describes invasion as an imminent possibility still in the future. He recently dropped the, word, uh, the use of the word imminent after weeks of Ukrainian government complaints. Not an ongoing reality for Ukrainians for close to a decade. Sullivan did uh, the same thing again during the appearance on Fox News Sunday this weekend. Any day now, Russia could take military action against Ukraine, or it could be a couple of weeks from now, or Russia could choose to take the diplomatic path instead, Sullivan said. The key thing is that the United States needs to be and is prepared for any of those contingencies in lockup with our allies and partners. Sullivan predicted an, another invasion any day now, echoed the mockery of American and Western officials by Zelensky during a press conference in late January. Zelensky protested that his country lost close to $500 million in foreign investment in two weeks because many in the West, led by the Biden administration, have begun to loudly predict a full-scale Russian invasion of Ukraine. The signals were sent by uh, even leaders of the respected countries. Sometimes they are not even using diplomatic language. They're saying, tomorrow is the war. And exasperated, Zelensky said, the image that mass media created is that we have troops on the roads, we have mobilization, people are leaving for places. This is not the case. We don't need to panic, said Zelensky. Uh, the defense minister reaffirmed on Monday that contrary to Sullivan's predictions, Kiev believed the odds for another Russian invasion are quite low. We have all the information and assess the situation realistically. Many different hypothetical assessments and forecasts are, are out there now, especially in foreign media. Some even reported that Russia has already invaded. In fact, this did happen eight years ago, uh, he asserted. I'd like to emphasize once again, 
As I've said many times before, it is the duty of our military to look at all possible scenarios, even the worst case ones, and do everything possible to neutralize threats, he continued. According to Ukrainian state media outlet, this is what we're going to do. Today, the likelihood of significant escalation is quite low. Concerns about a Russian invasion began with a strange remark by Biden himself during an extensive press conference last month. I what you're going to see is that the Russians will be held accountable if it invades, and it depends on what it, is, what it does. It's one thing if it's a minor incursion, and then we end up with having a fight about what to do with and not to do, etc., Biden told reporters, a comment that observers interpreted as indicating to Russia that America would not intervene in the event of a, another invasion. Biden also definitively predicted that Putin would move in to the Ukraine in the near future. The press conference launched a torrid of angry, confused remarks from Kiev, largely in the vein of Zelensky's grievances above. Last week, Pentagon spokesman John Kirby attempted to blame Ukraine's displeasure on a translation error. Well, I think that there were still some issues about how that word translates in Ukraine, literally, that it would be uh, imminent. Zelensky speaks English, and famously in Ukraine, it's not fully fluent in Ukrainian, so a translation of the word imminent from English, English to Ukrainian appears a, an unlikely culprit of the discord. Isn't it so interesting? We're doing the saber-rattling right here in the United States, and it looks like it's the military-industrial complex that's doing the saber-rattling. And unfortunately, we have no business in Ukraine and no interest in Ukraine. Quite frankly, if Russia set up camp right across the Mexican border or across the Canadian border, we'd be quite concerned as well. And that's exactly what we've done by expanding NATO, even though we promised that we would never do that. So I think the Russians have certainly a case to be made. I think we should understand both sides of this, this of the uh, situation before we take action. All right, coming up, we're going to be visiting with Linda Harden. Linda, is, of course, uh, writes greetings from paradise and also extremely knowledgeable of what's happening in current events. We're going to do that and more right here in the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Do you suffer from joint pain in your shoulders, hips, or knees? I was suffering from debilitating pain in my knees. On a referral, I saw Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine. He successfully treated my symptoms and pain for several months. Finally, having exhausted all alternatives for pain management, Dr. Markovich and I agreed that surgery was my best alternative. Dr. Markovich replaced both of my knees in 2006, and I now have full range of motion in both knees, and I have no pain. I now play golf and exercise free of debilitating pain in my knees. Don't suffer needlessly with joint pain. Call orthopedic surgeon Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine at 482-5399. That's 482-5399. He did a great job for me and he'll help you too. You 
listen to The Bob Harden Show, so why not market your company to our loyal listeners? Ads are played live on each show and then archived so listeners can hear the show and your ad at their convenience. Each advertising package includes a banner on BobHarden.com with a link to your website at no extra charge. Join Lulabee's Diner, Johnson's Air Conditioning, Blue Provence, and many others who advertise on the show. Call me at 598-3889, that's 598-3889, or send an email to BobHarden at Hotmail.com to design an ad program that's just right for your business and your budget. You'll be pleasantly surprised at the cost and the value. Several advertisers have been with me for years. Find out why by calling 598-3889 or send me an email to bobharden at hotmail.com. You'll be glad you did. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the Foundation for Government Accountability, creating policies and programs to get able-bodied folks off of welfare and back to work. It's a moral imperative. I proudly serve on their board. And I hope you'll check out the website, thefga.org. We have with us Linda Harden. She's not only my lovely wife, she's also extremely knowledgeable, pays close attention to what's happening on social media, and what's happening in the news. Linda, thank you so much for joining us. I'm a news junkie. A news junkie, she is indeed. So what's got your attention here lately? Uh, well, let, where do we start? The Olympics, uh, the, the truck drivers protesting in Canada. Uh, they're going to start a convoy to Washington, D.C. People are fed up. Uh, the, the fact that uh, Bark Fincham in Arizona is, is has introduced a resolution to decertify the the uh, 2020 election in Arizona just for starters just for starters hey well why don't we why don't we start off with the Olympics because uh, that's obviously in the news and it's it's not a good PR thing for the Chinese Communist Chinese Party right now not going well good old uh, Putin was there watching he dozed off <laughs> during the Olympics. more importantly than that they're they're disappearing people really uh, tell me about that. Well, one of their, their uh, first of all, their, the tennis player that was uh, had accused some senior Chinese official uh, of rape yeah. um, had disappeared, and they brought her back uh, to do an apology with a government official uh, behind her, making sure she said the right thing. Then they have this Finnish athlete who was, who was uh, quarantined for 18 days, and they haven't been able to find... Uh, that athlete. Uh, I understand the tennis player, by the way, retired. Is that true? Well, that's what they want you to think. Yeah. Well, she, she probably's retired because she, I don't know that she has a choice in it. But uh, now, now the the Uyghur person who was in the opening ceremonies that they sent out as a token uh, Uyghur <laughs> token Uyghur has disappeared. Yeah. Uh, so uh, not going well for the communist Chinese. And my understanding is the viewership. Have you watched any of the Olympics? Of course not. Yeah, neither neither have I. Well, I you know I know the answer to the question that I just asked, but the point is uh, that certainly we support the athletes, but have mixed feelings because it's happening in communist China. It shouldn't happen there. 
the Olympics shouldn't be there, number one. Number two, uh, lots of illness going around, and uh, it's our, our athletes are not being, being treated fairly or well. What about the PCR tests that they're constantly given in order to get their get their DNA? That's that's what's very scary to me. Yeah, so that's a side story. You say, I, I think what you're suggesting is they're actually capturing the DNA from our athletes. For what purpose? What will that do? Uh it's it's far beyond my pay grade to yeah. know to know <laughs> Mine too. the scientific um uh, what what will what will come of that. Yeah. But the fact that they're giving these people these PCR tests nonstop yeah. in order that they won't you know, that they won't infect anybody else, I it it's just it's just frightening. It is indeed. All right, so let's let's move to the truckers. That's such an interesting story, uh, Pierre Trudeau will. No, it's, it's oh, uh, Justin. Justin. Pierre's dead. Oh yeah, no, Justin. <laughs> Justin is uh, 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 the, the son prime of the, prime. So the, he's the prime minister of Canada, but he's also the son of Fidel Castro, apparently, according to Tucker Carlson, which is another interesting story. But the point is, he's part of the political elite. He has no interest in talking with the common man, quote unquote, the truckers. So, what are some of the recent developments? Well, a judge put an injunction in that they can't honk for ten days. That's that's interesting. Yeah. Um, but these guys are just patriots. Yeah. And people are bringing them food. Now they're arresting people who are bringing them fuel, but they're not giving up, and it's just catching on. I told you yesterday that that a bunch of truckers in Castaic, California, remember the place where they get all the snow. Yeah. Um, they they want to bring the the a convoy to Washington D.C., which would be very cool. Then Biden could go into hiding, yeah. and join Justin Trudeau, which would be um, interesting. Well, you know, he's he, Biden's busy trying to wage war with the Ukraine. So, <laughs> by the way, did you hear about did you hear about uh, the top scientist resigning at, yeah. at the White House? He's apparently a pretty angry guy, and he's not treating employees well. So he's uh, resigning, apparently under the threat of probably being terminated. Uh, the president said, by the way, the very first thing he said is that, look, if I find any employees at the White House being abused, uh, it, you will be terminated immediately. Well, it didn't happen that fast. Well, guess what? It should belong to Joe. That should go along with um, Joe Biden should terminate himself because he's been abusing uh, uh, press people um, by calling them stupid sons of bitches yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and you're stupid and, and what a stupid question and whatever. Um, he should, you know, buck stops there, right? Absolutely. No question about it. So uh, the truckers, uh, it, there, there's the opportunity or, or possibility that truckers are going to form a, a convoy to go from California to Washington, D.C. Uh, now, what's going to be their protest? Because, uh, you know, a lot of the things that the, the president's tried to put in place, he struck the uh, courts have struck down. Well, the vaccine mandates, they're, they're, just, they're, they're yeah. just protesting the vaccine mandates, mass mandates, any mandates, and, and getting back our, our freedom. And, and quite frankly, um, if I had a truck, I'd go join them. Yeah, yeah exactly. Because that, that's exactly what this government is trying to do, stifle our freedoms. And I think by, by, by way of New Jersey, Delaware, a couple other states are just saying, all right, we, we figured out that people are really angry with us for doing this. So we're going to drop the mask mandates for kids in school, which they should have done a long time ago. How much damage have they done to these children by by forcing masks on them, for heaven's sake? Yeah, I mean, the, the evidence of just raising the specter of people 
ages uh, 18 to 64, insurance companies pointing out that there's been a massive 40 percent increase in the deaths in that age cohort. Uh, of course, and uh, there is a small percentage of it that's related to COVID, but not not the majority. So the question is, why are these people dying? Uh, one hypothesis, one thesis of the or explanation for it might be uh, the jab. People are getting ill. People are dying. Uh, people are becoming paralyzed. People are having heart attacks because of the jab. Guess what? The the vaccine uh, purportedly, according to Dr. Malone and McCullough, um, damages your, your immune system. It just it some of it, it 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 is causing cancer rates to skyrocket. It's causing I mean this Department of Defense whistleblower that came out with all these uh, maladies that have increased after after. Um, Defense officials and and employees have taken the vaccine. It's just it's stunning. Yeah, just to uh, follow up on that, the Department of Defense has very very complete records on over many years on what's happened with people in the uh, Defense Department and within the uh, Armed uh, Services. And apparently, these numbers have shot up dramatically, demonstrating that people uh, during this COVID nineteen and after the administration of these vaccines have become. Uh, had more heart attacks. They've had uh, more uh, problems with stents, more problems with uh, myocarditis. You- 300% increase in cancers. Yeah, it's a, a big in- increase in terms of heart problems. It's uh, very, very concerning, and uh, there needs to be an investigation into what's going on. There may be a reasonable response, but apparently, according to the insurance companies, a 10% increase would be a, a, a very alarming thing. 40% increase, increase. Uh, way beyond the pale, and uh, there needs to be a major investigation. Quite, in my opinion, we should stop all vaccinations until we get to the bottom of this. Uh, let's um, just one more thing before before I get cut off. Is is uh, I told you what I saw on social media today that was uh, Donald Trump Jr. put on, and it says the only thing Biden has fixed is the election. <laughs> <laughs> and and the news coming out of Arizona is huge that this guy that's running for uh, attorney general, no, secretary of state, yeah. secretary of state, Mark Fincham, uh, has has in, in, introduced a referendum that would decertify uh, the electors in three counties in Arizona for the 2020 election, which is huge. And that's that's opening the door for Wisconsin, Michigan, Pennsylvania. Um, and the media will not touch it. Well, that's right. And uh, this is, of course, going to be a constitutional crisis because once this happens, and if it happens, uh, to your point, number one, this will be a, a first and many other states, four other states, are in the, on the verge of doing exactly the same thing. And I think if uh, Arizona makes the first step, uh, others will follow. And oh, by the way, they found so much, so much criminality in it. And it's not just one or two votes. It's like... 100, 200,000 votes that have been that have been uh, illegal. Yeah, and which which is which is stunning. Yeah, way beyond what is necessary or the difference in the in the vote. So, uh, if this happens, of course, then it's got to go to the Supreme Court because it's never happened before. Constitutional crisis. Constitutional crisis, indeed. It's uh, just so fascinating. We are living in interesting times, and it's so clear to to me that uh, this election was stolen, that it was illegal. 
The president doesn't have the popular support. The polls demonstrate that. His behavior demonstrates it. He's illegitimate. He's illegitimate as a president, and uh, uh, we should get to the bottom. Of course, the, the Democrats continue to say, you know, conspiracy and all kinds of things. Well, they're simply covering up, quite frankly, because they know what's happened. So, so I would encourage all of your listeners to um, go on to Epic TV, Epic News TV, and watch, I've only seen snippets of it, but to watch uh, Cash's Corner, Cash Patel, who used to be a big security guy under Trump, he's smart as a whip, yeah. and he's interviewed Trump for a good, good half an hour, 40 minutes. Anyway, he says to Trump, he says, how can we wait three more years to change this? Because uh, what Biden's doing is, and I'm paraphrasing this just out of the snippet that I saw, but how can how can uh, we wait three more years? He says, and Trump says, well, we can't. We can't. I mean, look what he's done. Look what Biden's done in one year. Yeah. We, won't, we won't have a country left if we wait uh, for three more years, which makes me, all of this thing, all of these things are coming together, yeah. which which is so interesting to me. Now, of course, and, and what's happening that's in the regular routine of things is the 2022 elections, the midterm elections coming up, and all the indications, the tea leaves are showing that the Republicans should have a major win, certainly in the House and perhaps in the Senate. And when that happens, uh, that can change the ball game. Uh, I think that I think something's going to happen sooner than that. I don't know, but constitutional crisis again comes to the forefront in my mind. Absolutely, it's going to be very interesting, better than any TV movie. All right. Well, thank you, Linda. Listen, we're <laughs> going to have more here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. <laughs> Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harton Show here on the Bob Harton Broadcasting Network. Do you have questions about your retirement? Ameriprise Private Wealth Advisor Jason Nardella with Nardella Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, can help. With the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach, you'll work together to develop a retirement roadmap to get you where you want to go. Call Nardella Financial Group today at 239-325-1041. That's 239-325-1041. Office is located at 9015 Stratistel Court, Suite 103, Naples, Florida. The Confident Retirement Approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Did you know St. Matthew's House operates the only emergency homeless shelters in Collier County? St. Matthew's House provided more than 500,000 hot meals to those in need last year, and since 2010, 527 men and women have graduated from the St. Matthew's House Justin's Place Addiction Recovery Program. For over 30 years, St. Matthew's House has provided innovative solutions to fight homelessness, hunger, substance abuse, and poverty in Southwest Florida. And you can help St. Matthew's House in this life-transforming work by patronizing the St. Matthew's House Thrift Stores, Cafe M25, Car Wash and Detailing Center, and award-winning catering operations. For more information, visit stmatthewshouse.org. That's stmatthewshouse.org. St. Matthew's House is a 501c3 not-for-profit organization and does not solicit government funding.
Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. We're providing you news and commentary rooted in a commitment to individual liberty, personal responsibility, limited government, and the rule of law. We're continuing the conversation with Linda Harden. She's my wife and, of course, uh, does great commentary, in my opinion. I love having this much time. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> great to have you on the show. So, you know, Joe Rogan, I've never, have you heard his show? No, I you know I just listened to part of his interview with with Dr. Robert Malone, which was three hours long, and I I know what Dr. Robert Malone stands for, and what, but what what Joe Rogan has this podcast and and Spotify uh, hired him a few years ago for a hundred million dollars or whatever, and he was he was like the end all be all the most popular podcast person in the whole wide world, yeah, and all of a sudden he um, got COVID and and healed himself with ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine, and and vitamin C, D, and um, zinc, which all the stuff we all take, all the stuff we take, yeah, exactly <laughs> right, and so um, and then he had Dr. Robert Malone on and Dr. Fifty million people listen to that interview with wow. with uh, Dr. Robert Malone. Me, so so the people on the left absolutely were running around with their hair on fire, saying, "Wait, wait, wait! We have to hide that because oh my goodness, it's 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 actually the truth, and so we we can't let people hear it. So we have to we have to um, call him out. We have to we have to shut him up. And and this has become a battle. And now they're digging up like they always do. For people on the right, they dig up anything negative that you've done in the past. So they right. found uh, a clip of of uh, Joe Rogan using the N word um, years and years and years ago. So now they want to. So now they want to deplatform him they, on, they on want Spotify. Sp they want Spotify. Well, now is it Rumble now that says yes, it is. says uh, Well, look, if you decide to leave and, or can't stay at Spotify, we'll give you a hundred million dollars for four years to come over to uh, to Rumble. So he certainly got up. Uh, alternatives. This is just an incredible story. I mean, how we can actually have some somebody in the executive branch saying we should censure somebody who free speech is just incredible. Guess, guess who said it just within the last few weeks? Jen Psaki, I well, believe. Joe Biden said from his own mouth, we, we just have to clamp down on, on what's coming out of social media. Yeah. Really? Yeah. And by the way, uh, if you're listening to the show, I hope... Uh, I'd like to get to 11 million listeners. <laughs> so tell your friends if you enjoy the show, make sure that uh, we have the opportunity to, for them to hear the show as well. And if someone wants to pay us $100 million, that would be good too. <laughs> now, we can do extra segments. That's we'll do three-hour segments. Yeah. Be fine. So anyhow, uh, but anyhow. It's, well, but it's, so, so the censorship, um, so many people are doing, doing spots on it because people on the right, people who are speaking truth to power, are saying we've had enough. Uh, Dan Bongino just got censored from YouTube because of his show and, and that he said that, that masks didn't work. That's what YouTube censored him for. They didn't want that out. And so um, and so they, they took him off YouTube permanently. Yeah. And, and so now he's doing a special on Fox Nation about the censorship and that we're not going to take it anymore. It's absolutely amazing. Um, and, and now Mark Zuckerberg is in trouble because of all the censoring he's done on, on Facebook and what a shame. Facebook uh, stock absolutely 
tanked yesterday. It lost twenty percent of its value. Well, and what's interesting too is the uh, president of the United States, the former president uh, Donald Trump, is starting. Is it Truth? I believe is the name of the Truth Social. Truth Social. And March thirtieth is the date. March thirtieth is the launch date. It Go to be. truthsocial.com. And of course, Getter is just uh, bringing in new uh, members all the time. They got over three million members here in just a short period of time. So, my hope is the markets, free markets, will take care of this problem. We'll censure uh, Facebook, censure these big companies, because and just not use them anymore. I think that's going to be the solution. So I've been I've been on Facebook. I I just don't have time for this. I'm not doing it as much anymore. But I just put stuff out about Mark Zuckerberg about all the negative press, and I just post it on Facebook. See if they'll they'll uh, censor it. See me, see if they'll put me in jail again. You know, I get uh, uh, requests to advertise on Facebook and Twitter all the time and uh, just ignore them. I'm not going to advertise with that group. They could end up uh, censoring me and taking me off the air too. So uh, I have no interest in that. Anyhow, Linda, it's just great to have you on the show. Time flies by when uh, when we're visiting here. So I really appreciate you coming on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Happy to do it. All right. Well, that's a wrap here on today's show. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, tomorrow, God willing, we have the equipment uh, waiting for new equipment to come in. Bob Levy, the chairman of the Cato Institute, will be joining us, as well as Andy Joppa. Andrew Joppa is a professor, very smart guy, and also author of Josephus of Oz. Andy will be joining us as well. Always appreciate your comments here on the show. You can send me an email at bobharden at hotmail.com, bobharden at hotmail.com. Also, if you enjoy the show, tell your friends. You can send me an email uh, on any of your observations or thoughts. It's at bobharden at hotmail.com. I hope you make it a great day on the Paradise Coast or wherever you are. Namaste. Thanks so much for listening to the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. For more information and audio files of previous shows, visit www.bobharden.com. Dot com.